Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin! Do I know you? Yes, Zarin. Oh, I do know you, Elizabeth. I'm hey. Zarin. It's Sorry, me, Zarin. I, I look over my newspaper that I'm reading. Oh, uh-huh. I see, I see. Uh, you know what's ridiculous? I do. Oh. Yes, Lawn Chair Larry. You ever heard of this cat? No. Lawn Chair Larry Walters. That's his uh, government name. Uh-huh. The Larry Walters part, not Lawn Chair. Okay. That part's street name. Anyway, in 1982, Lawn Chair Larry decided, you know what? I want to be the first man person to ever go up into the wild blue yonder and fly a lawn chair. And so he did just that. He tied 40 weather balloons to a lawn chair. What? And he got up to 16,000 feet. It's like proto (laughs) balloon boy. In his lawn chair, yes. So he had these eight foot uh, helium filled weather balloons, right? And so they're attached to a Sears aluminum lawn chair. Uh-huh. You know, you know the type. Early yep. 80s lawn chair. Good quality. The cha- he had the chair tilted back at a 45 degree angle so okay. he wouldn't like fall out of it. He's not just sitting prone proper. You know, right. he's sitting there like they lean back. Now he had a ba- like jug gallons of water. That was his ballast that he was going to use to like get down or get up, you know. So he's like pouring uh-huh. out water or adding water. I don't, anyway, you get he's the idea. In it. Yeah. So he called his aircraft the inspiration. Operation one, and he <laughs> stocked the uh, the drink service with cold beer. Wait, <laughs> how? He had a CB radio. He had an altimeter, so he'd know how high up he got. He had a camera. Uh, he had a pellet gun. Why a pellet gun? Not for birds, Elizabeth. I didn't want you to worry. That was to be able to so he could have a controlled descent. He would yeah, shoot that's out what the, I'm thinking. Shoot out the balloons. And so the, the beers. That's how it was controlled. This is like my kind of plan. This I'm going to shoot com- the balloons out with my pellet gun. Completely your kind of plan. <laughs> but So he did he have like a cooler strapped to the bottom for his beers? Uh, I think it was just like a In small little like yeah, cozy, a cozy style. Like, I don't know. He flew for a long time. 
time. I mean, he Is was he still up there. Flying no, he eventually he eventually did come down safely, mind you. And pilots at LAX saw him. Like he was way sixteen thousand feet. He was like in the airspace. He was up there. Like uh, I think he was up there about forty five minutes. And then he decided, okay, I think I'm brave enough now to shoot some of the balloons out and see if I can do this landing plan I came oh up with. God. And uh, he landed, and it totally worked. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's ridiculous. And by the way, when he was at Hollywood High, mm-hmm. he had done a science project called Hydrogen and Balloons. He got a D on that project. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he proved that, that teacher wrong. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Long chair Larry. That's so ridiculous. Do you know what else is ridiculous? I love what's ridiculous. Getting arrested and sent to Alcatraz for shaking someone's hand. What? <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You're damn right. (laughs) You know who Emma Goldman is, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's an anarchist or Uh was an anarchist. Uh, When we say anarchist, this isn't like the popular perception of it. She didn't wear dress in black. She she wore a studded black uh, (laughs) denim vest. She was in the black block, yes. With an anarchy symbol on the back. And just yelled, mayhem, anarchy. And I don't even know what it means, but I love it. (laughs) You love that movie. From my favorite. Um, uh, So anyway, it's not destroying property for no reason. No, it was a political stance in the end of the 19th century that really... Well, yeah, you're stepping away from imposed structures, hierarchies, Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of letting humans be free individuals. For the most part, yeah, and also but, but using a lot of mutual aid and a lot of things where it's down to the individuals creating society at a much more atomic level than at a much right. higher top-down level. And that sounds super peaceful. Yeah. But not so fast. Just with any ism, there are good aspects, bad aspects. It had a radical aspect of violence. That, yeah. Right. So they were interested in dismantling the seats of power in the West. And they wanted to turn that power over to the common people, yes. the workers, yes. everyday folk like you and me. It's basically a parallel to communism in terms of like giving people to the po- power to the people yeah. in a different way. But like obviously the seats of power didn't like this. People no. in charge don't like when no. people try and take power away. Uh-uh. So they hit back hard yes. and they created a lot of misinformation for the public about what anarchism We still was. deal with that too. Yeah. To this day, the yeah. whole anti-socialist, anti-anarchism messaging mm-hmm. we still deal with. And that that took away people's ability to gauge it for themselves because it's not not everyone's going to agree with this or Mm -hmm. like it. But, you know, we have to be able to assess things like analyze them critically on our own. We have to be able to say that's a penguin, not like that's a bad bird. Well, no, we should be the ones to decide whether we think it's good or bad. Exactly. It's like when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I was in the car with my mom and a song came on the radio. Yeah. My mom went to change the station like super quick. And I told her, no, 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 stop. I like this song. I'd never heard it before. Only those opening bars right then. She switched the station anyway. And she told me it was garbage and that I didn't, you don't like this song. And you're not going to get on the bus, guys. She said no one liked it. Uh It was the Bee Gees. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't listen to it after that because I was told it was garbage. I mean, she was right, of course. But we can't act like kids and let other people tell us. Wait, what's wrong with that charming Australian falsetto? There is nothing wrong with the (laughs) Apparently, I was told it's garbage. Okay. Um, So, but like you can't let people, you know, treat you like a kid, tell you what's good. 
good totally. or bad. Yeah, if you want to like the Gibbs brothers. Even if they wind up being right, <laughs> exactly. you have to be able to figure Find it that out, out yourself. On your own. That's so part you know of being why. a grown-up. Exactly. Um, and it's important to remember that very few things are all good or all bad. Yeah. So there, life is shades of gray. We live in the grays. It's, I love uncertainty. Yes, you do. I really do. Anyway, Emma Goldman. Okay. She was born in 1869 in Russia, had a really rough upbringing. Family was super poor. Her father didn't believe that women should be educated. Hmm. So she had to educate herself in secret. Was she, she uh, raised in a Jewish pogrom? Do we know? Not but she, not in a pogrom, but she was. she's a Jewish woman. Russian Jewish woman, yeah. yeah. She, she became a secret student. Okay. Secret student mm-hmm. coming this fall to CBS. <laughs> um, so she read what she could find. Okay. She paid really close attention to the world around her, too. Uh-huh. And so there she was in the middle of all the turmoil in Russia at the time. The czar thought of himself as like progressive, um, but at least better than the last iteration. But the people didn't. It was a low bar to clear. Right. It's like, I'm not trampling your neighbors with horses. I'm progressive. (laughs) The people didn't agree with him. Yeah. You're not progressive. Um, They didn't want to be led by royalty or like an Uh out-of-touch bloodline that, you know, bleeds easily. Far away, you know. Yeah. They had no awareness of what they deal with in their day-to-day. Exactly. So they they wanted to decide their own futures. Mm -hmm. The anarchists were leading the way on this. In fact, they went so far as to, I shouldn't laugh, assassinate the czar Alexander II. Dude, we were talking about that earlier. There's a lot of uh, anarchists, assassinated by an anarchist between 1880 and 1910. Happens a lot. lot Happens a lot. It was gruesome, by the way. So it's horrible. A horrible death. Okay. Um, Goldman, though, saw firsthand what's called propaganda of the deed. Yes. Those violence aimed at the ruling class intended to start a revolution. Anarchists loved the propaganda of the deed. Right. So it didn't happen right away in Russia in 1881 with the assassination by bombing of Mm. Alexander II, Mm -hmm. but it did happen eventually. And before that Russian revolution could happen, though, uh, Goldman immigrated to the U.S. Uh, It was 1885. Mm -hmm. She was 16 years old. Okay. So she arrived in Rochester, New York with her sister, and things were getting heated back in St. Petersburg. Anti-Semitism was out of control. So the rest of the family joined the sisters in 1886. Hmm. Uh, She saw that anarchy wasn't just in Russia. It was picking up steam here in the U.S. as well. Very international. Super elegant international (laughs) anarchies. Fun, flirty international. (laughs) It's all like St. Petersburg, Rochester. (laughs) I don't know where else. Melbourne. Melbourne. Anarchy. Uh, So she tried to marry a nice guy in the middle of all this, but they were really incompatible. Uh, I don't think they ever even consummated the marriage. Oh. He was just a nice guy. They lived with her parents, and she left him twice, and the parents thought, thought that was loose behavior. Like, Mm. she kept saying, I can't take it anymore. I'm out of here. Well, they didn't want her to read, so I can see how they might think that is loose behavior. So she leaves Rochester, goes to New York City. Uh And it was there that she started hearing speeches given by other anarchists. And those got her all fired up. And we're talking, like, street corner speeches, right? Yeah, like, like, you know, in, mm -hmm. like, um, Like Washington Square Park and that kind of stuff. She's all head up about it. Like, Mm -hmm. ooh, I like this. Oh, yeah. So she saw the power of the spoken word, Mm -hmm. and she wanted in. And they were some fiery orators. I mean, like, that Lucy Parsons era, the Haymarket mm-hmm. Square era of anarchists. Like. Exactly. Uh, so she still had to fight for gender equality, even in the mm-hmm. Very anarchist much so. movement. Very much so. And like the more she fought, the fire, more fiery she got. Mm-hmm. So she and her special friend, Alexander Berkman, mm-hmm. they focused particularly on um, rights and protections for workers. Okay. was their big emphasis. So they supported a strike by steel workers who saw their wages drop, even though productivity in the mill was increasing. So they so- had all these efficiencies. How did they want to support the the workers? 
by murdering the facu- the facility's manager. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, they weren't successful. This is not 1%. So the higher-ups in the anarchist movement, though, they were irritated with Goldman and Berkman for mm-hmm. coming up with this, well, let's just shoot the manager. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the, and the attack on the Real manager... Really impatient. They're yeah. like, we want change now. Shoot the guy. <laughs> So they attack him. They don't. They don't. He's mm-hmm. he's not killed. Okay. And it doesn't. But the, this attack doesn't rally the workers to rise up. They're no. like, come on, like yeah. we know that guy, and like you know that's not going to help he's our got cause. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. So they thought it was horrible. They're disgusted by it. Yeah. They just wanted fair compensation. They're like, we don't want blood. <laughs> we just want some cash. This is not going to get me Saturday off. No, I don't it's see not. how this is. So as the U.S. economy hit the skids in 1893, mm-hmm. Goldman kicked her show into high gear. She gave really stirring speeches. And in one, she pushed the crowd to take what was theirs. Quote, if they do not give you work, demand bread. If they deny you both, take bread. Mm. So the authorities thought that she was inciting the crowd to riot and she was arrested. And that actually got her a lot of good press. So people who were, su- they were all suffering, you know, the economies yeah, in the can, you know, whatever. And the, so they side with her, you know what? Yeah, if I'm starving, I'll steal bread if mm-hmm. you won't give me a job. And also at that time in America, you have a lot of populations who are immigrant populations coming from countries that mm-hmm. were far worse. And so they already have a, you know, like a, a long history of being oppressed. So then they're not yeah. going to take it now in the land of opportunity. It's exactly. like, I came here to for a chance. So they, they're really heated at this right, point. Right, right. And so she gets she gets found guilty mm-hmm. for trying to incite a riot, gets a year. She's just like Axl Rose. <laughs> yes, just like, I mean, how many times have we said that? I mean, Emma Goldman, Axel, Axel Rose, Rose, peas in a pod. You know, two sides of the same coin. So, uh, but she got a year, okay. not the probation like Axel did. Um, <laughs> and the judge branded her a, quote, dangerous woman. Oh, that's the one. That's how she gets okay. it. So jail time didn't suppress her support. People were still Yeah, that actually probably it. helped her, I Yeah, imagine. they're even more eager to hear yeah. her speak. And you now know. you can raise money off of this. Yeah, and- but also it's like if you hear that this woman is like about to get arrested and she's getting people all riled up, even if you're like, I don't care one way or the mm-hmm. other, which she's saying it's like it's an attraction i want to see this woman like get everyone fired up now a show so she starts touring the u.s okay uh speaking just like axel rose this this is amazing the parallels so crazy who's her slash that's what i want to (laughs) berkman um so speaking to crowds of people she's like you know what topple the status quo hand over control to the workers the Mm -hmm. regular people she was against capitalism she was against government which, like, you know, I well, get that's it, the whole but, thing like, with we do need kind of some structure. Yeah. Um, she was against organized religion. She mm-hmm. was against the patriarchy. Anything top-down, she was against. Pretty much. So she supported a woman's access to birth control. Yeah, that's... Which was revolutionary. And she wanted to give women bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. And she also was really stressing the idea if that women can have some sort of birth control, that's how you prevent abortion. Yes. Birth so, control gives you a bodily autonomy because it allows you to plan. And to have exactly. control over... She believed in free love. Like before the hippies. Oh, so you love mean the one you're with? Free love, as in like in the bedroom, not free love, as in like I'm cool with my neighbor. Free love, as in like there's a rose in the in the fisted glove, and the eagle <laughs> flies with the dove. <laughs> that guy. If you can't be with the one you love, no. love the one you're with. Um, so she <laughs> believed in gay rights. Yes. <laughs> Go on. I'll like, give you time to remember. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. I'm gonna. Um, she believed in gay rights, which was completely unheard of at the time. Yeah, completely. Completely. Did he, did he even call it gay rights? Like, was there a different, I I'm imagine I'm sure they had term. some sort of coding of, yeah. like, lavender. Well, anyway, like, um, she had affairs with both men and women. 
And there wasn't a label that she met that she didn't hate. I'm sorry, I'm over here with like confirmed bachelor rights, you know? Like what? <laughs> right, confirmed. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yes. Um, and of course, like she also believed that targeted violence could be justified. Mm-hmm. She thought mm-hmm. sometimes you need to kind of crack skulls or blow something up in yes. order to get some change, which may or may not be true. But, you know. History in a lot of ways would be on her side. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So she talked a lot about this, but she never performed any act of violence herself. Ah, one of those. I feel is kind of a cop-out. I I don't just kind of. I think that's a cop-out. <laughs> like if you're, if you're telling gonna, someone else to do your gonna violence. If you're going to be about it, be about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm suspicious of someone who rallies others to do stuff that they can get them arrested or murdered, that that person won't do themselves. Especially as well as if they won't pay them. Like, I respect the Don because he's like, do the violence. Here's the money. I'll take care of your family right. if you go to jail. But if it's like just Bob, well, my neighbor, gonna, going, do the violence. If oh, you're going to talk about the mafia, the Don has done stuff to get to that position. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like it's an understanding uh, language of violence. Right. And so this is, though, like you just get, okay, you there. Yeah, go you're out just there. spouting your mouth saying it's other people do some of, violence. It's not really different than like suicide bombers. Like go out there and huh. you're not the one doing it. You're telling them to do it. I was going a couple steps down at that. like kind of like the, like, you know, the um, online clowns who want to go and like be like talk loud when they're on the keyboard. Like oh, the but keyboard not warriors, person. but not, they that would never too. say that. That's if you what can't I was say saying, something yeah. in person to someone's face. But yours is well met too. It always is. Um, so, yes. uh, so the, even the people who didn't agree with her had to acknowledge that she had a way of like capturing audience imagination and stirring emotion. Okay. The U.S. Justice Department didn't like this one bit. No, they weren't. See that. They weren't about it. So they sent spies to watch her every move. <laughs> I'd and, love to see their spies and to watch. It's like spy versus spy, <laughs> um, and to watch every move of those in attendance at her rallies. Okay. So in 1869, like I said, Goldman was born in Russia. Mm-hmm. And also in 1869, a man named William Bawalda was born in the Netherlands. Okay. Okay. Non sequitur. Yeah, just dropping that in there. <laughs> Why not? And then also in 1869. <laughs> who was born in Johannesburg? I'm going to list everyone around the globe exactly. who was born in 1869. There was a man born in New Delhi. Well, this 18- William Bewald, yes. he moved to the U.S. two years before Emma Goldman did. He was right. 14. Bad Billy B. Go yeah. on. His family immigrated to Michigan. Uh huh. His parents only spoke Dutch, never learned English. Oh, good for Not them. assimilators. When he was 23, <laughs> um, in the beginning of the banking panics of the Gilded Age, okay. he joined the military. And just like a long line of his forefathers. Mm-hmm. So it was all military family. He served five tours of duty. He was in the Philippines during the Spanish-American War. That was some crazy fighting. Okay. Crazy times. Oh, so he joined the post-1897 panic, and then he goes, so he's there for 1899. Exactly. Okay, I got you. Um, And he was a great soldier. He had an excellent record of service, Mm -hmm. lauded by his superiors. Uh, The Army... They were so loving his superior blacksmith skills. <laughs> They're like, do it again. You, you're real good with that Willie, anvil. Willie and the blacksmith. Watch it spark. <laughs> like, go on. And just like a good girl from the Tom Petty song, he loved horses <laughs> in America, too. <laughs> Uh, 1908. <laughs> I'm if only you with I could all, sing, I would I'm sing back you with at all you. the boomer lyrics. Yeah, it was good. It was like in 1908, consistent. he was stationed at the Presidio in San Francisco. So 1908. Um, this had been a key point of assembly for army troops. Mm-hmm. They headed out to the Pacific Rim. Um, and it was, so everyone's going out to the Pacific Rim from there. Mm-hmm. And that was especially true for those headed to the Philippines during oh, the Spanish-American yeah. War. Gotcha. So this wasn't his first time in the city. 1908 was actually a calm year for the U.S. military, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, They'd seen some action in South America a few years prior and, like, more to come in a few years' time. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a lull between the wars. For now, the Presidio is just a storied outpost located— Guys, let's clean our guns. (laughs) It's at the mouth of the San Francisco Bay. Just cleaning guns. (laughs) Just a bunch of guys doing guy stuff. (laughs) 
Um, they're right at the foot of where the Golden Gate Bridge would be yeah. built decades uh-huh. later. Yeah. And William Bewalda, as I said, was stationed there. Okay. Let's take a break. Beautiful place. I I'm bike just, through it all the time. I'm just Love telling it. random biographies today. Yeah, this is nice. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you how and why Emma Goldman and William Bewalda crossed paths. Oh, I'm guessing there's a crime, too. Yes. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Feeling groovy, Zaren? Oh, easy breezy. You know it, ECD. Uh, when we left off, mm-hmm. William Bowalda, he was stationed at the Presidio in San Francisco. Yeah, Bad Billy B at yeah, the Presidio. Bad Billy B. Emma Goldman, E.G., mm-hmm. she was on tour lighting up audiences with her screaming lyrics and yeah. and her E-40 high covers. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Equality, class warfare. Ow! <laughs> Ow! She howled all the time on stage. The Goldman, light show is amazing, though. <laughs> Goldman, she got to San Francisco on April 17th, 1908. Okay. She had just spoken two nights prior in Sacramento. Sacramento, hmm. as we say. The big tomato. <laughs> exactly. It's about 90 miles from San Francisco. The Sacramento mayor's wife was very displeased that she had spoken in Sacramento. She didn't think that... Um, that her husband should have allowed Goldman to speak in the city at all. And she went so far as to sit for an interview with the newspaper and uh, with her husband in attendance for the sole purpose of dressing him down about it publicly. (laughs) I like her She's like, quote, 
I have my opinion of the mayor of any city who would allow Emma Goldman to speak in public. I do not think she ought to be permitted to speak. If she was not good enough to speak in Chicago, I don't see why she should be allowed to speak here. <laughs> so she's like, this clown I'm married to over here. <laughs> I think they're all poop. So the mayor, he just smiles, and then he gets up and leaves the room. Um, and the interview. But mm-hmm. this is what he says on his way out the door. I don't think we have many anarchists in Sacramento. I have confidence in the good sense of our people, and I don't think Emma Goldman, by her speeches here, will make many converts to anarchy. I consider that she's wasting time in Sacramento. I can probably attest to that. And then he's all mayor out. And then he's just like, oh, oh, oh. And they're like, oh, my God, it's Emma Goldman in disguise. Okay, so you can see that her very presence Mm -hmm. was enough to get people steamed. And on April 17th, uh, she went to San Francisco to steam up some more folks. So she's like the like early 20th century AOC at this point, where just her presence yeah. gets people heated. Yeah, or like an early 20th century Andrew Dice Clay. Okay, I, I, I got that just one too. Just people are outraged. Yeah, like she rolls into town, they're like, oh they're man. Like, oh dear, she's got her leather jacket on Who invited on Dice? Uh, so she gets to San Francisco. She gets there in the evening, mm-hmm. heads to the St. Francis Hotel. Nice hotel. The paper announced the arrival of, quote, Queen of the Anarchists. Wow. Yeah. Really doesn't understand anarchy. No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like the whole royalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she'd been tailed to San Francisco by SFPD under orders of their police chief, Chief Biggie. Get out. No, I'm not. Chief More Biggie? on him in a second. <laughs> and the U.S. State Department. So the U.S. Okay. State Department contacts Biggie and says, send your detectives to intercept her in Sacramento and follow her to the city. So that's what they did before Hoover. They had the State Department doing yes. this kind of stuff. Okay. And then let me tell you about Chief Biggie. Yeah, please. I want to know. He was my great, great grandpa's boss. What? At the San Francisco Police Department. Your great, great grandpa was a cop? Uh-huh. And my great-great-grandpa and uh-huh. about seven or eight other officers were busted Whoa. for tuning up and shaking down a couple of flophouse owners <laughs> on the Barbary Coast. <laughs> and Chief Biggie, he put them on paid leave for a while and then brought most of them back a couple weeks later. So we're just going to do a show on your family soon. Pretty much so. soon. And then here's the best part, yeah. though. He was still chief uh-huh. when my great-great-grandpa died by supposedly shooting himself in the head three times. Oh, you know, that happens. You and get the, that quick finger. A detective <laughs> arrived before the ambulance uh-huh. got there. And no. He attested that my great-great-grandpa <clears throat> told him that he didn't shoot himself in the head. And then he said, quote, you know, the captain and I belong to a secret organization, I, and I can't tell anything. Wait, what? That's what my great-great-grandpa said. Your great-great-grandpa's dying words was there's a secret like cabal in the SFPD, and, I can't and, and I've got three bullets in my Head and I can't say anything about it. And I this? didn't do this to myself. <laughs> this then he gets, amazing. he gets wheeled Why are away. We not talking about he this gets before? wheeled away by an ambulance crew and he dies six hours later. Uh-huh. And the police are like, oh no, he's just confused. It's in the paper. No, he was just yeah. confused. He's got lead poisoning in the I head. I have a copy of his death certificate uh-huh. and like the cause of death is scratched out and suicides written. <laughs> so Chief Biggie. Yeah. This guy. Wow. He's in my orbit. And this Chief guy, Biggie. Your grandfather was on his team. Yeah. You know, right? That's what happens so what, to the people <laughs> so on his team. Now we know who we're dealing with. Wow. So the police had learned earlier that a bunch of anarchist literature had been shipped out ahead of Emma Goldman's okay. arrival. So they're getting ready to crack skulls. Yeah. So the address was even provided in the paper when they're writing about this that, like, oh, all this <laughs> She'll stuff. She'll be been, here at it's noon. It's at 248 <laughs> Boutwell Street. In room 214. That address is now the 280-101 interchange, and it takes up like, which takes up like 16 square blocks. Oh, okay. But anyway, that's where the house was. The cops told the press that they knew about the boxes of flyers and books. They knew all about it. <laughs> but they weren't going to seize them, but they told Goldman, you can't hand them out. 
Yeah. Okay. So They're it's like, you know, it's like how there's no penalty for possession, just for distribution in terms of magic mushrooms in Oakland. Oh, very apt just analogy. Like I mean, that. I was like going to say the same thing, but you beat me to it. <laughs> just like magic mushrooms it's in no Oakland. penalty for possession, yes. just for distribution. <laughs> so um, Goldman got to the uh-huh. St. Francis Hotel, okay. and there were people from the movement waiting to greet her. They're like, the hey, anarchy movement? Hey, we're the movement. Yeah, and so like, she's like, what movement? The anarchy movement. Oh, okay. I question your commitment. To Bow down to your queen. They're like, wait a second, this is anarchy. <laughs> um, so they noticed that the detectives fo- were following her, this, uh-huh. the, the crowd, and then they started getting a little rowdy. Like, there's like, you know, when I say crowd, it's like six people. Oh. Okay. Um, so they're like, hey, what? Yeah. What? No. Out That's of here, them getting rowdy. Foot. Like, ah. Oh. So then Chief Biggie shows up. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to arrest everybody here if you start something. And her dudes leave. (laughs) We don't want it. And she just like checks into the hotel with a flourish and heads up to her room. And so she was scheduled to give a series uh, of speeches in the city and then head to L.A. about 10 days later. One of her speaking gigs was a debate with some socialists on solutions to social problems. See, I'm telling you, they were like... And they were like, this is going to be heated. Yeah, like, no, they, they were, were the, gonna go the back big competing, like, uh, leading edge of thought about how do we create a better society. These were the two competing models. Right. And so let's go back to the St. Francis sure. for a second. Uh-huh. The management there didn't like the attention that Goldman brought. I bet not. So they kicked her out after a night. Oh, You're out of here. Money spends, and he's like, nope, not that, not your money. <laughs> so she and her friends, they decamped for that address that's now a freeway interchange. Okay. Meanwhile, where all the materials are. Yeah. Meanwhile, which like, so why, if they're like of the people, why were you staying at the St. Francis and not at like the anarchist safe house? I think we know the answer to that, Elizabeth. So I'm anyway. questioning commitment to your... <laughs> Sparkle motion? Yes, exactly. So meanwhile, Chief Biggie assigned a squad, 50 cops, Damn. some on horseback, like some plain clothes to watch all of Goldman's speaking engagements. Okay, That's a lot. If any of them felt that anything inflammatory was said, they were authorized to break up the the speech okay. busted up mm-hmm. uh, during her first speech she denounced police authority and she shared what the San Francisco Call newspaper called quote startling views on free love <laughs> which like give me the transcript I'm dying to know what those give views are quotes they're like men and women are allowed to sit on the same park bench ankles should be shown in public <laughs> and then at that same thing she spoke about the right for workers to strike. Mm-hmm. WGA, let's hear it. Yeah. Um, she pushed for a disregard of laws that govern the relations of the sexes. So again, mm-hmm. like you guys can sit in a cab together. Um, Chief Biggie was right there listening to this supposedly shocking material. And he even had his stenographer taking notes, just taking the whole thing down. The paper noted that an oddity at this event was the large number of Japanese citizens present. Huh. I wonder what their interest was. Well, and apparently they really clapped for the lines about race equality. Like, can you imagine oh, the shock? Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, I was, I was, I'm, I'm focusing on the imperial part. Like, they're playing imperial all, Japan. Yeah, no, no, these were but all— this is people—oh, yeah, interesting. They're like, look, we want to be treated like the Americans we are. Yes. Hooray! We've been here for a while, jerks. Well, and they they uh, described—the paper described the audience as, quote, men and a few women, most of whom were foreigners. <laughs> Like, the San Francisco Call was the most out-of-control paper, I think. No, the Examiner, maybe. The Chronicle was very staid. Yeah, the Examiner's the most conservative and wild. No, yeah, the Examiner's like yellow journalism, but the Call kind of goes nuts on some stuff. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, the Call sounds like the one where it's like trying to split the difference, where it's like, Mm -hmm. occasionally we're going to say something inflammatory, but we also have the news. Yeah, they're really reliable on this. They have, like, a good amount of information. Um, The Chronicle doesn't wade into this. I love Americans calling anybody else a foreigner. It's always the most funny irony to me. 
like, oh, really? Well, okay. as Jack White said, kick yourself out. You're a foreigner, too. Exactly. Jack knows. I'm just about the lyrics today. You are. Uh, so in the following days, the papers gave up reporting about Goldman. Mm-hmm. It just got boring. She didn't get arrested. The speeches yeah, weren't no, broken up. There was up. no show. There's no, no yeah. violence, no the fighting. Only, there was one publication that kept up coverage, and that was the Italian language paper. Oh. Yeah. They're like, you know, give up. Um, <laughs> in April, uh, April 26th, uh-huh. that's where we get to. Yes. That's when things change. Oh. Uh, on April 26th, 1908, mm-hmm. Emma Goldman gave a speech in San Francisco called What is Patriotism? Mm. Uh, that kind of sounds like the like a sixth grade essay what is contest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she opens up by asking if patriotism is love of one's birthplace and hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. if it's loving somewhere for all its natural beauty, if it's loving the place where you feel happiest, where you have the best memories of your childhood. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, that sounds right. All right. Then she said, quote, if that were patriotism, few American men of today would be called upon to be patriotic since the place of play has been turned into factory, mill and mine, while deepening sounds of machinery have replaced the music of the birds. No longer can we hear the tales of great deeds for the stories our our mothers tell us today are but those of sorrow, tears and grief. Hmm. Yeah. She continues. Indeed, conceit, arrogance and egotism are the essentials of patriotism. (laughs) Let me illustrate. Patriotism assumes that our globe is divided into little spots, each one surrounded by an iron gate. Those who have had the fortune of being born on some particular spot consider themselves nobler, better, grander, more intelligent than those living beings inhabiting any other spot. It is, therefore, the duty of everyone living on that chosen spot to fight, kill, and die in the attempt to impose his superiority upon all others." And largely, I agree with her. I mean, not to be like, oh, I'm a citizen of the world. But I do believe that, like, this whole globe is my home. I don't believe, like, the invisible lines or the colored well, sections on the fluid. map are real. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm t- I know too much about history for me to think that, oh, you're a Canadian. I'm like, what the <laughs> like, hell does that yeah, even exactly. mean? You know, come on now. Yeah. So she questions the very nature of national identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're born into a particular country by luck. You know, and if we seal ourselves off and say we're better than any other country and fight to the death over something that was, in essence, purely random, like, how is that a noble thing? And how how applicable is it if, like, a, a main lobster fisherman and I are both Americans, and you're gonna you're gonna gain something from calling us both Americans. You're gonna understand something about us. I mean, you can understand us culturally, yeah. but not like an identifier. Like yeah. I have brown hair, and that's going to mean something about my parents. You know, well, and something else. People she... act like it's a, a fact of life and not a con, uh, an aspect of culture. Well, and she points out that this is a human thing. That exactly. it's not necessarily an indictment of America alone. No, no. Every other country does I, exactly the, same. the whole idea that Indian nation is an identity is my mm-hmm. thing. I'm saying you're. Yeah. Identity is a member of a culture, not yeah. not that you are an American. Right. So then she starts rallying against spending money on military weapons and displays <laughs> Good luck with that. when so many people were going hungry. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and you can see why she was both hated and revered. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that the police presence and looming crackdown were kind of idiotic because it's like. This is not inflammatory speech. This is just—it's just something they don't agree with. Yeah, and it's, you know? and it's demands for decency more yeah. so than really violence. But then, in the shadow of the Presidio, uh-huh. she says, "Quote: An army and navy represent the people's toys. To make them more attractive and acceptable, hundreds and thousands of dollars are being spent for the display of toys. 
That was the purpose of the American government in equipping a fleet and sending it along the Pacific coast, that every American citizen should be made to feel the pride and glory of the United States. A wonderful thing to remember, is it not? The implements of civilized slaughter. If the mind of the child is poisoned with such memories, what hope is there for a true realization of human brotherhood? I mean, I I understand what she's saying. Yeah. I, I, she's going to lose people on the toys part because you're taking something very complex and minimizing it. But I, I agree the, with what she's saying. It's the minimization of the complex. Yeah. That a lot of this is theoretically, it would be amazing yeah, if we were exactly. all brothers and sisters under the sun and blah, blah, you know. It's but the like, bumper sticker. Wouldn't it be great if the Air Force had to hold a bake sale to buy a bomber? Our kids had all thinking. the money they needed for books. I'm like, yeah, if, okay, so wouldn't it be great if humans weren't involved in this equation? That's not how the world works. That's not how the world works. So what's nuts is that we think of anarchy as inherently violent when this is like peace-loving stuff. Very hippie stuff. Yeah. yeah. The nuns at my high school talked like this. With the free love? Well, not the free love oh, part. Okay. But oh, like, that part like, surprised me. Throw down your arms. And... Yeah. I mean, not for them, but but for the world. Like, would they have agreed with the whole idea of like the pastoral beauty and the music and the free love Most part certain, of it? Not, I don't know the free love. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, leaving aside the free love. Maybe I'll, I should stop yeah. saying free love. But, but like, no, the, the idea, idea that you that... fully engage your body. Right. And that you are a fully service to all people. Yeah but not in that one. Um, so this is how she wraps it up. Right. Quote, when we have undermined the patriotic lie, we shall have cleared the path for the great structure where we all shall be united into a universal brotherhood, a truly free society. I would like that. I it would, would like, be, yeah, theoretically. If, if, we, if we could figure out a way to, I think, mature as a people on this right. planet so that we can look and have two things be true at once, that I can both be an American and a member of a global community and mm -hmm. I have responsibilities to both of those identities. Mm -hmm. If you want to make them identities, I'd be into that. Yeah. yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were, of course, non-believers in the crowd. They would huff and haw at what uh -huh. she said. Most, though, were all in. And when her speech ended, the place erupted into applause. Let's take a break. Wait, so they they, they <laughs> were carrying her out like on their shoulders? Like yeah, everybody like, loved it. Everyone loved it. Place uh, goes nuts. Nice. When we come back, I'll tell you what happened next. All right. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. Yes, Elizabeth. Close your eyes. Oh, you snuck it up on I me. Did. My eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. You are one of the cops in my great-great-grandpa's secret organization. <laughs> A fellow veteran of the force, you were there through the great quake of 1906. You and he have been at it since before Big Bertha rolled into town. Hmm. Uh, he's not on duty today, my great-great-grandpa. He's on paid leave for extorting the owner of a sleazy hotel. <laughs> You have been assigned to the Emma Goldman speech. You and the other guys think this is foolish. She's not saying anything too crazy. She irritated the sap out of you, but what loud broad doesn't? I'm trying to make you historically accurate. (laughs) I'm feeling it. The speech is finally over and everyone's cheering, a standing ovation, whatever you think. That's how you talk, (laughs) by the way. Uh, You see a bunch of people head toward the stage. This has happened every night at these things. They want to shake her hand. They want to tell her how wonderful she is. You want to tell them to get back to work, even though it's a Sunday night. You see, though, that there's a man in uniform among the group Hmm. headed right toward Emma Goldman. You can't believe this. Is some GI going to shut her up for good? (laughs) You look around and you notice that all the other cops are watching. No one is moving. The air grows still. You watch as 39-year-old William Bowalda reaches the stage. There's chatter up there, audience members hurriedly telling Goldman how much they admire her, reaching up to shake her hand. From this scrum of people, you see a hand go up. The army guy. You can see his uniform. His hand gets to Goldman. She looks down at him. He looks up at her. She takes his hand and shakes it. He nods at her, says something. Then he turns and heads towards the exit. A gasp goes up for the remaining audience members. You and the other uniform officers are shocked. Did that military man just shake the hand of the woman who spent the better part of an hour ragging on the military? A buzz goes up among the cops. Three detectives come to you. They tell you they noticed that guy earlier. He had removed all insignia that might clue them as to his identity. The detectives tell the patrolman to sit tight. They're on it. You watch as the detectives follow the man. He's their problem now. You pull a flask out of your jacket and take a sip. Shifts over. The detectives tailed Bewalda out into the foggy night. They didn't know if he was going to be, like, maybe some crank who got hold of a uniform, if he was just doing it for show. And, you know, if that was the case, they were going to arrest him for impersonating military uh, personnel. Kind of the opposite of stolen valor, you know? (laughs) Um, If he was in the Army, though, if he actually was, they were going to turn him over to the police. So Bewalda, he had been to others of uh, Goldman's speeches. In fact, he'd been to a lot of different speeches from all over the political spectrum. And he'd also gone to various religious services as well. So he's just a curious guy. He's just a curious. Well, no, here's the thing. He was studying shorthand. He wanted to expand his skill set. So he figured it was like a good exercise in taking shorthand dictation. dictation. I was like... He would go to this speech. It was his understanding that she used really powerful and figurative language. And he thought that would be a good opportunity to flex his developing skills. Wow. And that, I mean, like I said, he'd been going to church stuff, different denominations, different religions. interesting guy. Yeah. 
Uh, when the detective saw him cruise into the Presidio... What, what are your hobbies? Uh, dictation, dict- long walks on <laughs> the beach. Um, they headed right over to the base headquarters and alerted the authorities. Yeah. And so the cops, they told the army about what they saw. They described the guy. The MPs went to fetch him, brought him back. Cops confirmed, yep, that's the guy that I saw. Private William Bowalda, Company A of the Engineer Corps. He was then court-martialed. What? Yeah. Here's the official charge. Quote, Being in uniform and an address delivered by Emma Goldman at San Francisco, California, which address was an attack and criticism on government of the U.S. and the Army and Navy thereof, did frequently and repeatedly applaud the said address and did, on its conclusion, declare to the same Emma Goldman that his sympathy was with her and his approval of her remarks. Now, do we know mm-hmm. what he said to her when they shook hands. Did he this ever say This is up it? for debate. Okay. So the charge was for violating the 62nd Article of War. Okay. And I, that, I only know the first 40. So. <laughs> I know 1 through 61. Yeah. <laughs> this calls for the punishment of a serviceman if he uh, used, quote, contemptuous or disrespectful words against the president, vice president, the Congress of the United States, okay. the secretary of war, or the governor of legislature of any states. Yeah, I'm familiar with this, but I thought there was basically a disparagement clause. But it's like— But the whole thing has to do with him being in uniform and saying, I approve of your yeah, message. Yeah, it's the—yeah. it's like He wouldn't have caught the charge if he wasn't in, in, uniform. If he was in his street clothes. That's yeah. a big deal, the whole in uniform thing. So the detectives claimed that he vigorously applauded. And they said he just about lost his mind. He was so excited. Um, Clapping like an idiot on whiskey. Then he said, they said he walked up to the stage and loudly announced that, you know, Emma Goldman, I sympathize with you. <laughs> and I totally approve of your remarks. I approve Let this me message. attest in a legal setting. <laughs> this is not what happened, but whatever. Bawalda, he pleads not guilty. Uh-huh. Um, he gave a very innocent story. Wait, in the court martial, he uh-huh. pleaded not guilty. Yeah, okay. I didn't know you could plead not guilty. He, in court he martials. gives a very innocent story about practicing stenography to help Uncle Sam. Sure, uh, and that he was swept to the front of the hall by the crowd, mm-hmm. and that he only said, "How do you do?" He hasn't, as they excuse. How loudly. do you do? <laughs> yeah, he didn't say, "I sympathize with your cause." Sure, yeah, but I mean, How like he do? walked up to. He's a polite, How do you gently do? said he got pushed to the front by the crowd, and what could he say? But he's a pol- gentleman, Zarin. Okay. Do I, I don't do? believe anybody's story no. about this. I want, what's Emma well, Goldman's okay, take? Okay, fine. Later he's more truthful okay, about the good. encounter. Okay, thank you. But it still wasn't anywhere near the description of events that yeah, the I'm cops sure. provided. So only two soldiers had ever, up until that point, been accused of anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a guy who, when told that President McKinley had been assassinated, said, quote, I'm glad he's dead. Oh. And he got 20 years in jail for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They don't Whoa. play. They do not play. Uh, the officers selected for the court-martial were unusually high in rank, uh-huh. and that's because the case was so high profile. And they knew that it would set so a precedent. So were the Hearst papers writing big about Everybody's this? Everybody's going what, crazy. So it's like on the wire and everything? Everywhere. It's okay. everywhere. Right. Um, and that this would set a precedent going forward when mm-hmm. it came to this sort of stuff. Always write about the precedents. Yep. At trial, Bawalda admitted that he'd been to four of her speeches. Mm. And not just the one. But then he he repeated the whole thing about practicing yeah. shorthand. I'm a human dictaphone. What? Yeah. He said that Emma Goldman's language, as, as he put it, was, quote, so peculiar that he had to give transcribing a shot. Now, I read you passages. Yeah. No, I'm with it's not It's peculiar. not peculiar. It's not, no. not that striking. No. And quite frankly, it's like in today in today's society, mm-hmm. it's, are, yeah. it's not shocking. It's no. like, you know. And whatever. there are other 
orators of the day who I who I know had better speeches, and right. I imagine there were a lot of them. Right, but, you know, he's saying it's so peculiar. Okay. He did admit that he probably shouldn't have been there. Yeah, in and, uniform? And he told the court that he thought the content of her speech was nonsense. Why would he be there in uniform anyway? I don't know. It's like, it's like, you, it's not like he was working and he just had to get Maybe over to he the had speech. Maybe he was, he was at the anvil and uh-huh. he's like looked at his watch like, like oh, snap, I'm going to yeah. be late, and he ran over. Um, he had character witnesses vouch for him as being a good soldier who loved his country. Okay. Horses, America. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't matter. Good he girl. was he was found guilty. Ooh. Uh General Frederick Funston. Oh, Fort Funston. Fighting Fred Funston. Yeah. He was in charge of the Presidio at the time, and nice. thusly the court martial. Fun fact about Funston. He <laughs> was a boss at the Presidio two years earlier during the Great Quake. Uh-huh. And he declared martial law, even though he didn't have the authority to do so. Oh, wow. And then it never took effect. And you know his name basically would mean Funtown or Funstown. He's like, a, hey, welcome to Funtown, Freddy, Population Freddy Fred. Funtown. So Freddie Funtown, he, he did successfully order the demolition of buildings in order to create a fire break to stop the yeah. fire from spreading this, in yeah. the city mm-hmm. after the quake. But his demolitions by explosion caused more fires. Oh, that double happened with, ex- yeah. with bombs. Good yeah. job, Dingus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so... He was no fan of Emma Goldman. Uh, He had just returned from Esmeralda County, Nevada, where he and some troops had put down a labor strike by the industrial workers of the world. Oh, the IWW, mm-hmm. the Wobblies. Wait, the so this is like the Ludlow strike era. This is like a lot of the Colorado strikes. Yes, okay, so yes. in Nevada they had a strike. So he comes back, and then two months later he's dealing with this. Okay. So we know his mindset. Yeah. So he sentenced Bawalda to five years hard labor on Alcatraz, the rock. Wow. Yeah. All for a handshake. Yeah. Land of the free, huh? Hand- handshake in a uniform, essentially. Yeah. So after a month, his sentence was reduced to three years. So they knocked a little That's down. tough for a bad fashion sense. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> like, sir, sir, all you had to do was wear the right outfit to the occasion. But here's the, the thing. Occasion. Remember, he had taken off his name. I know. So he so was aware of it. That's what I'm what saying. He was doing. That's what I mean. He gets reduced to three, like, Why though. do you want to wear it so badly if you do all the other work? Just change the know. shirt, Bob. Right. Uh, or Billy. Well, I think he wants to be in the uniform. He I know. Wants people that's, to see my, that that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. bad, bad fashion sense. Right. So he gets, <laughs> he gets it down to three years. Two reasons for this. Okay. His years of dutiful and loyal service uh-huh. and the fact that, that they believed he was under the sway of Emma Goldman and that he suffered a lapse in judgment. Oh, blame Goldman, the, Goldman used her wild, wily feminine ways to cast an anarchist spell on him. The old legal strategy, blame the Dude, woman. They were terrified of her. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but then they all, and then they gave him a dishonorable discharge while of he course. was up on yeah. the rock. And what did the woman herself think of all this? That's what I want to know. Yeah. When she found out about his arrest and conviction, she got to work. This was the exact type of thing she was talking about in her speech. Totally. Uh, the blinding and negative power of patriotism over the human in- instinct for mm-hmm. logic and good. Uh, she raised money. She rallied her supporters. She told the press that this incident had only, quote, aided her cause. Which, she really you know, did. It gave a good example of what she's fighting yeah. against. And at the same time, General Funston got to work. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Funtown coming for you. Only this time, Freddie Funtown, he was working to free Bewalda. Oh, And he was flip. successful. Get out, Fred. I knew I liked this, Freddie. On New Year's Eve, 1908. <laughs> Just crazy enough to make it work. <laughs> Go on. William Bowalda was pardoned by none other than the anarchist-hating President of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, wow. General Funston convinced Roosevelt that Bowalda wasn't an anarchist and shouldn't be punished as such. Huh. And is this, do we happen to know uh, what year the he got uh, the... 
He got not pardoned, but basically he got the pardon. Uh, he was released pardoned on New Year's Eve, nineteen oh eight. So January first, nineteen oh nine. He struts out there, wow. out of, off the rock. Right. Um, I don't know what changed Funston's mind on this, but um, hmm. it was enough to sway the president. Whatever. Yeah, it was. I wonder. Uh, this is probably yeah. This got to be post after Teddy Roosevelt got shot by the anarchist mm-hmm. and his speech saved him. He mm-hmm. gets shot in the speech. Yeah. So I'm not sure, like, if there—I don't know. I don't know what the deeper yeah, purpose curious. of this was. But well, Boalda was freed. Mm-hmm, I like it. Good um, for him. Only now, he actually was an anarchist. <laughs> he came out hard. And he's like, all right, man. This is, it's a long quote here from the Spokane Press, but it's a real corker. Right. Uh, this is what Boalda had to say upon his release. Oh, nice. I would never have dreamed of taking anarchy seriously if they hadn't arrested me and thrown me into prison. It was during the long hours over there on the island that I began to think for myself. Think for myself! That was the marvel of it. Someone had done my thinking for me for 15 years. Those statements of Miss Goldman in that lecture, which ought to be called the farce of patriotism, burned into my soul. They made me angry when I first heard them. Then I thought they were all bosh. This woman had come into my temple and thrown down all my gods. I took refuge in the stronghold of ignorance, where a sluggish brain finds comfort, and said to myself, this woman is crazy. Now I thank the government for opening my eyes and awakening my brain. I bless the day I was arrested. I am deeply grateful to Uncle Sam for making an anarchist of me after I served him blindly for 15 years. He should give speeches. Right? I mean, like, there's some language. Well, you want captivating like, you know, language, when, boom. When someone thinks they're going to, like, control a teenager yeah. and, like, it, they just rebel. Uh, so this whole arresting him didn't go well for the feds. Buwalda met Goldman mm-hmm. once again after his release. They shook hands once more. And this was actually the start of a lifelong friendship. Oh. Uh, she raised funds for him to live on now that he was out and dishonorably discharged. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd come to town from speaking in San Diego. He worked on growing a beard. He did, <laughs> exactly. She invited him on stage in San Francisco. Oh, nice. So two weeks after his release from Alcatraz, he spoke about being there, mm-hmm. um, the court martial, the imprisonment. Um, and then after the speech, Goldman was arrested for inc- inciting a riot oh. once again. Boom. And Bowalda, he came out of the theater to the scene of Goldman getting arrested, and he shouted out that it was an injustice, and then he too was arrested. (laughs) Now, his case was dismissed. Goldman was found not guilty. Off she went back on the road. Bowalda, he moved to Michigan to take care of his recently widowed mother. And even though he was in an isolated rural area of Michigan, he maintained his anarchist activity. Mm -hmm. He sent the medal that he'd received for bravery— while fighting in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. back to the Secretary of War, along with a strongly worded letter. Uh, He organized Goldman's appearances in Grand Rapids, Michigan, somewhere she hadn't really visited before meeting him. He wrote letters to the local papers expressing his views on capitalism, taxes, the government. And he was like, he was a quiet man, really well-liked in his community and seen as like kind-hearted and unobtrusive. Yeah. Um, Imagining like a Pete Seeger kind of guy. Yeah, totally. Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, he lived out the rest of his days farming and mm-hmm. like just as being a good member of the community. Yeah, he turned a sword into a plowshare. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one arrest for the ridiculous crime of shaking a woman's hand turned his whole world upside down and then sent him on a course in life that he never would have imagined. Wow. Absolutely. I like that. So I have to say there's no benefit for punishing curiosity. Is my ridiculous takeaway. Thanks for asking. <laughs> it can backfire in spectacular ways it if you punish can. curiosity. What's your ridiculous takeaway, Sarah? Oh, look at you. I know. I'm on it. Wow. Um, I'm so, give me a moment. I'm clumped. Deep no, breath. but uh, in all honesty, I would say I agree with you about you, you shouldn't uh, punish curiosity. You should always educate curiosity. And mm-hmm. sometimes that takes a moment you don't, as the 
other person want to give. So that's the other part is basically, you know, thinking of the other over yourself occasionally is really important for educating both yourself and other people. So education often is an act of donating one's time, one's talents, one's abilities in a way that will then give and be given back to you. And I know that you're like, no, Zaren, that ain't true. I'm wasting my time. All good deeds must be, uh, you know, no good deed goes left unpunished or whatever, right? I feel you on that most of the times, but I'm also <laughs> going to say that occasionally you have to be like, you know, Emma Goldman or Bewalda in this instance and be thinking about what you mean in the greater context. Like mm-hmm. you are but one person and what could you do, right? But also, you know, you, f- you can fight oppression with a handshake and with education and, you know, I'm for that. Well, and I kind of feel like if you think that the way that you're doing things is right mm-hmm. and the best way to do something, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be concerned if people criticize it because it's right. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah. that's... You, you don't have to convince someone. If, okay. If I give you a chair that's made of wood and I give you a chair that's made of paper mm-hmm. and I say, you know, you can sit down in these, right? Either one. You go to sit down. I No matter what I tell you to try to convince you that the chair made of paper is a good chair. It looks like a chair. It's a real chair. It's important. Sit in the chair. As soon as you try to sit in it, all that stuff goes out. So it all only matters is, is it a chair? Does it function? Right. So if you want to raise your children to be like you, then give them a lesson that then they want to take on, not one that they have to be tricked, conned, forced, or whatever. You grow a plant from the roots up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, it's like they learn their lesson that... If, you know, they believed, the the government believed in what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And then when he stepped outside of that for a second, not fully, but just listened to it. When he, instead of stepping out into the water, he looked at the water. Yeah. Uh, to punish him for that. Had he not done that, he would still, he would have had a long military career and. You know, the, the, uh. The tradition of Rumspringa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, yes. Th- I think that is one of the most brilliant examples of how to... So when the Amish kids are coming up, they go. They are they're given a moment. a year yeah. off from yeah. all that they've been known. So they're basically, I don't know if it's 17, 18, whatever it is, basically around your teenage years, you're, you're you know inculcated in the Amish tradition, and then you're given a year to go out and test. Mm-hmm. Literally, do you want to be a member of our community? You get to go out and see the modern world. You can do whatever, drive fast, do drugs, dance with women, whatever it is you want to go do, you never got to do you always fetishized and fantasized about then people predominantly come back and want the life back exactly my point is is if you have something that works people will want to do it naturally exactly you have to convince them then your stuff is a lie maybe it's exactly exactly and this also goes for everything i mean it goes for power love anything if you have to convince another person then it's not really Uh happening they should want to do you should captivate them compel them but not have to convince them yeah Agreed. Like, you're right. That applies to pretty much everything in life. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's all I have. I like that one. Thank you. I liked it, too. Um, <laughs> please please don't send me any, any angry emails, everybody, or you're messages. You're not going to read them. I, that's true. I am not going to read them. Or angry reviews about the lady host. Um, you can find us online at Ridiculous. Oh, yes. There is. Yeah. There is. There's an angry about the, the lady host. The lady host, yeah. Uh, no one ever gets mad at the man host, you know? No, no one's ever the, like, hey. I, the lady host, uh, she stepped out of her lane there. The man host, he really got a pair on him. Man. Like, <laughs> how dare he tell me about I talk about a lot of nonsense, too. Where is my derision? Where are my critics? I just, I just want someone to say, look at the ovaries on her. And I'll yeah, say, yeah. Exactly. Instead of like, this lady host needs to cram it. Uh, <laughs> you can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com. Or... At Ridiculous Crime on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Threads is the newest thing. Yes. Um, you can also find us at Ridiculous Crime on Bowkeep, on Flangle. <laughs> I'm just listing off all the new. You guys aren't on those? <laughs> aren't on Potato Eye? And uh, John Jack. Yeah. You're on John Jack? John Jack. <laughs> um, Fluff Buff. Bug Out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Portine. <laughs> you're, so, just, you're just naming Canadian delicacies now. <laughs> there's so many. Baguette. Um, yeah, flangel. You named that one already. Oh, did I? I love it so much. Well, I mean, it's like I'm trying to run through the list in my head. I'm going on the, the apps on my phone. Uh, Wait, did you mention SARS guards? SARS guards. Fakakal. Do you have any games on your phone? Baladudas. No. <laughs> Chocoladudas. Uh, there's also the really unpopular ridiculous crime at gmail.com. Yes. That's for losers. Uh, send us a talk back on the iHeart app. Mm-hmm. Do it. That's it. Postcards. We like postcards. Postcards. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave Anarchy and the GA, Kustin. Research is by Rabble Rousers Marissa Brown and Andrea Song Charpentier. The theme song is by undercover detectives Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Post Wardrobe is provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben All Power Bolin and Noel To the All People Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.